With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I want to say thank you to the Iowa Pork Producers for coming on and being a sponsor of the Hawkeye Nation podcast. The Iowa Pork Industry, including production, processing, and packing, provided more than 141,000 jobs in 2015. That's about the total combined populations of Ames, Ankeny, and Coralville, with nearly 52% in production. And the pork industry contributed over $750 million in state and local taxes in 2015. Iowa, get this, Iowa produces a third of the hogs raised in the United States and is the nation's leader in pork production, and more than 90% of Iowa's hog farms are family-owned. So thank you to the Iowa Pork Farmer. Thank you to the Iowa Pork Consumer. Visit their website at iowapork.org. Oh, one more beer for me. Exile means quality. So savagely. Best beer in all the land. Brewed with a loving hand. From bottle, keg, or can. Exile Brewing. E-X-I-L-E. For me. E-X-I-L-E. Let's drink. Crack open a Zoltan today. Enjoy your exile. HN Podcast. Miller and Dace brought to you by Exile Brewing Company. Heartland Flagpoles and flags and the Iowa Port Producers appreciate each and every one of those companies for their continued support of the HN Podcast. And Steve, we will talk uh, a little Iowa Hawkeyes right now. And, you know, re- real quick here, because the, the game just got over between Iowa and Northwestern. Iowa won 77-70. to 70. It's the first time Iowa won all season uh, where they didn't score at least 80 points. Um and, you know, they actually – it was a fun game to watch. Jordan Bohannon, uh, 7 of 14 from three, hit six threes in the first half. Um, you know, Iowa avoided uh, losing 15 games in a Big Ten season for the first time in school history, so that's great. Uh, I'm really happy about that. For, seriously, I am. Uh, that is not something that you want to carry to your grave. You know, something happened at the end of the game, though, and I'm curious your take on it. Jordan Bohannon. Uh, earlier in the game, had made a couple of free throws, giving him 34 consecutive free throws made, which tied the school record held by Chris Street. And with two minutes and 15 seconds to go in the game, Bohannon goes back to the line, Iowa leading by just eight points. Northwestern had cut the lead to eight. And Bohannon missed the free throw, and right when he missed it, I tweeted out that it sure looked to me like he short-armed that. I thought he missed it on purpose. And then about a minute or so later, he gets back to the line, you know, does a little uh, test, t- uh, chest tap to his heart and points at the heavens and makes two free throws. And after the game, he said that uh, he didn't believe that that record was his to own. Uh, and then he talked with his brothers about it, and they felt that that record should not be broken. Now, obviously, he said he didn't really like that that happened at the time and the place in the game where it happened. I have no problem with it. 
Um, you know, some people are going to say, well, Chris Street was a, a fiery competitor and, and he would have wanted Jordan to break that. And maybe so. I, I can certainly understand that. But Jordan Bohannon is the first player since Chris Street set that record, gosh, 25 some years ago to ever be in this position. Uh, it was Jordan Bohannon's decision to either own the record or not. And ultimately, it was his decision. And he felt strongly about Chris Street keeping at least a tie of this and, and being on the same line as Chris with, with regards to this record. I thought it was a pretty classy move, and frankly, I think it probably is going to cement Jordan Bohannon in, in, in a lot of people's minds in a season that was pretty much a lost season, and Bohannon took a lot of heat for what he maybe isn't as a point guard uh, defensively. I think that um, it was a pretty special moment. What do you think? Totally agree. And I think it's, particularly given the season that I was having, I don't even think it's a debatable point. You know, I think obviously if Iowa were considered a bubble team right now and, and this was a, a must-win game, people right. might have a different perspective. But there's no, no point even having that conversation. Yeah, because and, they're and not. Because they're not. And so there's no point in even taking a position one way or the other that it has justifiable reasons to offend both sides of that argument and instead just uh, doff your cap to the young man for having some perspective in what has otherwise been a lost season for Iowa basketball. Yeah, I mean, when all is said and done, when you think back on the memories that stand out from this season, that might be the biggest one when it's all said and done. Um, that means it wasn't a great season, but it was certainly a nice moment. Uh, on this night. There was uh, some testy moments this week as it relates to the Iowa basketball program, and we'll circle back around to the Big Ten uh, seating here in a second. But um, Scott Docterman of Land of Ten, formerly of the Cedar Rapids Gazette, asked Fran McCaffrey the following question. Um, Let me see if I can... Coaches in your situation in a lot of schools might feel a little heat to be on the hot seat after a season like this. Do you feel any kind of pressure based on the way the season has unfolded? Question mark. Fran McCaffrey's answer, no, not at all. Follow-up question. Because of the faith that they showed to you with the contract extension before the season? Fran McCaffrey, no. It has to do with body of work. Question, follow-up again from Dockerman. Is it from what you accomplished that's allowed you to have a bad season? Question mark. You have enough equity in the bank that a bad season. McCaffrey interrupts him, saying it shouldn't affect anybody. You shouldn't even be bringing it up, to be honest with you or anybody else. Follow-up question from Dockerman. I mean, you're in last place, McCaffrey. I know, I know. Like I said, body of work. There's a lot of things to be evaluated. Maybe you should look at that. Your thoughts on that? Um, well, first of all, I, I whether it is this world or my day job, I, I am beyond fed up with people in power who think they don't have to answer difficult questions. And when you're making the kind of money these people are making, when you have the the sort of favor and authority these people have answering these kind of questions even and if you want to say hey how many follow-up questions should dockerman ask you want to bring that up i'm okay with that you know i wasn't sitting in the press conference you know so 
I wasn't sure if other people were trying to get a word in edgewise. I've, I've been in Iowa press conferences before. You know, I was at an Iowa media day one of the years that uh, Iowa had a bunch of problems with, you know, issues off the field and things of that nature. And I, I'll never forget this. There was a, a guy from a TV crew, I think it was in Waterloo, who identified himself by first and last name. Like, this is the White House press corps. It was almost like he was telling the camera crew, uh, begin demo for my future application to get out of this market now. Uh, and he began pestering Kirk, and he asked several questions. Oh, I remember this. Do you remember that? And yeah. Gary Dol- Gary, it was either Gary Dolphin or Phil Hattie. Might it, no, it was Hattie. Hattie walked over, and basically it was towards the end of the press conference, and the guy wanted to follow up Kirk with other questions. And Hattie basically walked over and did like a stand-up spin move, wrapping himself up in the dude's cords and cables, so he couldn't go anywhere. He literally yep. threw himself as a human monkey wrench into the works. And then I think it was Dolphin who said, somebody else ask a question, and somebody else did. And that, that sort of ended it. But, you know, the reason I bring that experience up is to not draw moral equiv- equivalency, but to show that they're not. This was a guy none of us knew. He'd not been around covering the team. Nobody knew who he was. Scott Dockerman is a guy that is very well known among the Iowa fan base. This is not a guy sitting here looking to make his bones, who is looking for you know some magic clip that gets right. him you know into his next market. He is, in many cases, in, or in this case, he is speaking for what I think is a frustrated fan base. And because of his, if we want to talk body of work. Because of Scott's body of work, then I think you need to take his questions every bit as seriously as Fran wants you to take his to take his responses seriously because of his body of work. I'm just though, beyond tired of and, and stare downs, blank stares, flipping answers. You know, be a grown damn man. You, you're in the middle. You're getting you, you're getting paid a life changing amount of money to suck. And, and, yeah, we know you're frustrated, but you're still going home to a 1% standard of living. How about a little damn self-awareness? Sit there and show a little dignity, a little class. Show people that you might know that, you know, this sucks. You feel their pain. That's really what a lot of this is, frankly, for fans. They need reassurance that, that you're as frustrated and disappointed as they are. Mm-hmm. And and, um, you know, what are your answers for how things are going to get better? So I don't fault Dockerman for answering the, for asking those questions at all. I would imagine if you and I were sitting here daily on the radio in Des Moines and took phone calls, those would be the kinds of questions a lot of Iowa fans who called up would ask us. But why ask us those questions? Ask the guy who's doing the damn job. That's his job. Right. To know the answers to those questions. Right. I think that's a great point with regards to Scott's body of work, uh, no doubt. And Scott and Fran have mixed it up before. But one of the good things about Fran is, and obviously, you know, we, we see his temper on television from time to time. Fran is a guy that can get heated up, but he doesn't typically hold grudges if you're fair. And I don't think there was anything unfair at all in Scott's questioning. And I would imagine Scott and Fran have already talked about this um, since that took place. And I think in hindsight and after after the fact, 
Fran can't sit there and think that that was unfair. And another thing, too, Fran can't possibly think that no one was going to go there before this year was over. So one of that means one of two things to me. Either Fran wanted to get pissy about it or and and he he was prepared or he really didn't think somebody would ask that question which dude you can't do that you you can't be unprepared for that question what he, body of work does Fran McCaffrey think entitles him to not have to professionally dignify that line of questioning what has he done what's he done the black and gold unites us all but then what Kevin the flag guy from Heartland Flags here if you're listening to this podcast you bleed black and gold but what comes after the Hawks for me it's the Cincinnati Reds and Cincinnati Bengals nope can't explain it what about you Packers and Wizards Pelicans and Sharks NASCAR and the Jags Bulls, Bucks, and Chargers, whatever flag you want, we've got it. Jump online to heartlandflags.com and shop our huge inventory of sports teams' flags. You won't find a better selection or better prices anywhere, guaranteed. And to top it off, free shipping on all purchases at heartlandflags.com. Oh, and that Iowa flag you've been flying since the Hawks last went to the Orange Bowl? Time to step up and freshen up with a new design. Check out our Hawkeye selection when you're shopping for your other favorite team flags at heartlandflags.com, where you'll never pay for shipping. Well, I mean, he's he's helped bring the program back from the crater to bits of the Licklider era, but he's basically got it back to the level that Dr. Tom had it at. Or yeah, maybe I, not. Maybe I, not even. I don't think it's to that level at all, actually. Because but, he hasn't oh, done it okay. consistently enough, for yeah, sure. He's, brought, he's made it respectable. I think there's 70 coaches, literally, either head coaches or assistant coaches in college basketball, that could have had the record Fran McCaffrey's had the last seven years. So, I, I, I don't. I'm not saying he's a bad coach. I'm just saying he's a coach. I, I just, to me, you know, you're not Kirk Ferentz, who's had three top ten finishes and throws in a stinker, and you're getting cornered by some near-to-well journalist, fake journalist who's attempting to use you to pad their resume. You're Fran freaking McCaffrey, bro, with a ridiculous $9 million buyout. Again, how about have some self-awareness? And, and that exchange with Dockerman, I get asked a lot in my day job, why I don't get more newsmakers or people of influence on my show? They won't come. Why? Because I'll ask questions like that all the time. Because, dude... You know, I was just watching Rocky Four like, again last night, and that when when Rock first cuts Ivan Drago, and what's his trainer said, he's a man. He bleeds like everybody else. I don't know what it is with these guys when we throw on the letterhead or the logo. Uh, you know, maybe you think you need some access to them or what have you. Uh, screw that noise, man. I don't care about any of that crap. I don't give a rip. I'm going to ask you the questions I want to ask you. You're not going to tell me what questions to ask. And you've seen me do this throughout my career. I don't abide this stuff at all. If you can't be a grown man, then I sure as hell ain't going to treat you like one, period. You're just a basketball coach, dude. That's it. A basketball coach. Getting paid an obscene amount of money that's basically the gross domestic product of Botswana. Stand there and answer the damn questions like a man. In fact, we shouldn't even have to ask you those questions. We get to the end of the year, you should be thinking right now, man, how the hell am I selling season tickets for next year? What, what hope am I selling? What's my angle? You should be thinking of those things right about now. Because sure as hell nothing's happening this season. It's pretty much over. 
So you should be thinking, you know, we used to kind of rag on McCartney when he'd have a stinker season. And that's when we find out about, you know, Brett Meyer or Stevie Hicks on the scout team. Right. We used to kind of laugh at that. Right. But the dude knew he had to sell some tickets. Right. You're taking a look at Iowa basketball attendance. Think they need to sell some tickets, bro. Yeah. Sell some tickets. Don't stand there and act like you got the, some. You don't you don't get a blank stare. No, you're freaking rolled, jabroni. No, you're the 13th place team in the Big Ten, who is uh, had a has is a better than average coach, which is an upgrade over the previous terrible hire they had. Which is the which is from an AD who's kind of a joke and made the worst basketball hire Iowa's had in most of people listening's lifetime. All right, so understand you're in a very fortuitous position, with an ath- with no other athletic director in the Power Five would have given you that kind of a buyout. So show a little self-awareness, act a little gracious, and recognize that you've got a really damn good situation that, frankly, your record doesn't justify. Do you think that he had to anticipate that was coming at some point, right? Yeah. Okay, all right. That's why I wouldn't, even, I, wouldn't even, I wouldn't have waited for it. I'd been out there trying to sell it right now. Right. Here's why we're optimistic about next season. In fact, I'm going to contrive that conversation. There's no doubt. In. I'm going to be frustrated. I'm like, guys, let me, you know, I know you got your questions. Let me just get something out of the way right now. Man, this season did not go the way we had thought. And then, bam, I'm, I'm, I'm making that pitch easy, myself. Easy, easy, yep, no doubt. You, you, there's one or two things happen in, this line, in that line of work. You either control the narrative or you let it control you. And when you have the opportunity to control the narrative, Scott asked that question. You say, you know what, Scott? It's tough. Um, I understand why you asked the question, and I, I don't think it's unfair. And from what I've heard, a lot of people are asking the same thing or wondering. And I and I don't like it either. I, I, this season is something that's really shaken me as well. And we're going to sit back this off season and look at it. And as far as do I feel my seat's warm, I really don't. Uh, I've got a good working relationship with the athletic director here. Uh, but nobody, uh, especially me, is going to stand for this. So when this is all done, we owe it to our players to finish out this season. But when it's done, there's a lot of soul searching that's going to go on. So I can understand why some people you know, are, are a little upset with this. Guess what? There's not. There's not another follow-up question. You became a sympathetic figure. Yep. And you move Agreed. on, and it's over, and it's done. You nailed it. That What you just said there about narrative, whether campaigns I've covered or I have flat-out worked for, absolutely play offense. Don't sit there and wait for your message to be dictated to you because chances are you are not going to like the message no doubt. that is chosen on your behalf. No doubt. No doubt. And you know what? You can use this. This is We're sprinkling frosting right now in late February. That's something you can use at your job, no matter what it is. If you can control the narrative, then brother, you better do so. Otherwise, it's going to control you. No doubt about it. All right, let's get on with this exciting Big Ten basketball tournament that Jim Delaney basically said this week was a bad idea um, to be in, in in Madison Square Garden. Well, he didn't say that particularly. He said that the um, truncated Big Ten schedule uh, certainly wasn't the greatest thing of all time. Well, I mean, we've only been talking about that for a year. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Jim. Appreciate that. Yeah. Let's go. Iowa avoids the uh, number four, number fourteen seed. Had they lost to Northwestern, they would have been the fourteenth seed, and it would have been fifteen losses in a Big Ten, fifteen Big Ten losses in a season for the first time in school history. But they avoid that. Instead, they're the twelfth seed. They'll play thirteenth seeded Illinois. The first game 
of the Big Ten tournament this year. That will be on Wednesday at 4.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Iowa was down by 20 points in Champaign earlier in the year in January, only to come back with the uh, second or third largest comeback in school history. Illinois is not a great team, but I will say this, and this goes back to last year, actually the last couple of years. Illinois is a team, even though it's a different coach now, they did it again when they were in Champaign, they tend to have guards that can overplay man-to-man defense far out on the perimeter. And that is one thing I would do against Iowa all the time. Uh, Northwestern came in with the matchup zone. That didn't work out so well. I would overplay Iowa there, and Iowa's going to have a hard time stopping the penetration of the Northwestern guards, or the Illinois guards, rather. So it should be a shock to say I'm a little concerned for Iowa in this game. They are the 12th seed, after all, and they only won four Big Ten games. Uh, and Illinois basically had them knocked out, but they didn't. But I'll be surprised if Iowa wins that game. You nailed it again. Let me say this. I'm not sure if you nailed it. I just agree with everything you said. <laughs> so, Which means I nailed I, I, it. <laughs> so we're either both really wrong or we're both <laughs> really right. But I, I agree. I think that um, the one thing Illinois does very well goes right to the biggest weakness that Iowa has. And um, I, I, I can imagine Malcolm Brown finding some open slots to shoot from the perimeter against Iowa's you got them defense. So I'm with you. I hate to say it, but I like Illinois. <laughs> you hate to agree with me or you hate to say Illinois is going to win or both? I hate, to, I, I, I hate it for our listeners, you know. But right. on the other hand, it, it, this is one of those seasons as a fan. Put her down. You just kind of want to get it's it. An, it's, an old yeller, it's an old yeller season. Just put her put down. Put her down. Yeah. Put her down yeah. because if you get by Illinois, um, you got Michigan in the next round, and you're not winning that. Uh, this Michigan team is just playing so well. They're peaking. John Beeline is a heck of a coach. I, I think if you made me pick a coach of any team in the Big Ten Conference for my team, I would take John Beeline for two reasons. One, he's an awesome coach. And number two, I don't think my players are going to be involved in any NCAA scandal. So those are two pretty compelling reasons. Rutgers uh, is the 14th seed against Minnesota in the other game. So two teams will have their seasons end on February 28th. Iowa has not uh, had its season end before March since the 1930s. Wow. Yep. Uh, And the Rutgers-Minnesota winner will play against Indiana. Then you have Wisconsin, Steve, as the 9th seed. It's the first time since 2000-2001 that Wisconsin didn't finish at least fourth place in the Big Ten standings. It's amazing. That, that stat is amazing for those of our, our audience that are our age or older. That just remember what that basketball program was for decades. That is that's an incredible stat for a Tom Izzo program at its zenith, or you know traditional powers of an Indiana or a Purdue. But for to do that at Wisconsin is incredible. Yeah, I mean Kansas just won its 14th consecutive Big Ten, Big Twelve regular season championship, which is. Mine. It appears the only team that can stop Kansas from winning the Big Twelve works at the FBI field office, John. Potentially, potential, yeah. potentially. But yeah, that that is amazing with uh, Wisconsin. I, I just remember back to the uh, Stu Jackson years, and frankly, I don't know that I could tell you who was there before him as a coach. Yeah, they made the tournament once with Stu Jackson. They had Richard Griffith and Michael Finley and those guys, mm-hmm. right? Okay. And then I'm not sure they had made the tournament at all. It's like the first year they were ever in it, like the first year of the tournament. 
Yeah, it was something like that. Yeah, it's it, some it was kind of crazy stat. Yeah. It was horrible. Uh, them against Maryland, and the winner of that will get Michigan State. And then I already mentioned the Illinois winner getting Michigan. And the winner of the Illinois-Iowa winner against Michigan game will play against Nebraska. So, boy, I, if I'm Michigan, I'm pretty happy with the draw that they have. Uh, well, you're, you're playing Nebraska, which, you know, we'll, we'll get to my bracketology on the Bigger Ten podcast. Nebraska literally has one quadrant one or two win the entire season so you're you're playing them when they they are desperately looking for a win right after that you're playing you're in you're likely playing your in if you win that one you're likely playing your in-state rival again who's peaking and will be out for revenge after the way you punk them on their home floor i don't know as a michigan fan i'd much rather be on the other side of the draw frankly i don't think ohio state's that good I think they've they they I think they've got two really good players, Jay Sean Tate and and you know, uh, Kata Bates Diop are beasts. After that though, eh, and I think Purdue, um, the blueprints out there. Yeah, they 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 are they're they're I wouldn't say reeling, but they're not as invincible as they were a month ago. I'd rather be on that half of the bracket. Yeah, and then uh, Northwestern, Penn State. Penn State is a seven seed against ten seed Northwestern. The winner of that plays Ohio State. And then the Rutgers-Minnesota winner plays against Indiana. The winner of that game plays against Purdue. So you could have Indiana against Purdue in Indianapolis. Oh, no, wait. That'll be in that'll be in New York City. So what? Uh, who do you like to win this? I'm going to pick Purdue because of the bracket. I like I like their side of the bracket. And I, I, I think you're likely looking at a Michigan-Michigan State semifinal. And I'm just going to tell you, at Madison Square Garden on that stage, that, that's going to be a battle. And I think the team after that, whichever team wins that game, having to come back the very next day is a tough turnaround. Indeed. All right. That'll do it for this installment of the HN Podcast. Be listening coming up here also on this feed. Uh, Not this feed, but the Bigger Ten feed, as we talk about. You need to subscribe to that on iTunes as well. Go to iTunes or the Google Play Store and search Bigger Ten and subscribe to that podcast feed, where Steve and I will have his bracketology for the entire 2018 NCAA tournament and more. For Steve, I'm John. We'll talk to you then.